I'll be in Boston at the MIT Sloan Analytics Conference for the day tomorrow, Friday. If you are there, please say hello. And yes, a couple of days after the president of Washington State criticized the direction and actions of the college football playoff committee, reports emerge that the CFP is moving closer and closer to a 14-team model that would begin in 2026. Such a format would see the Big Ten and SEC each receive three automatic qualifiers and the ACC and Big 12 get two each. So we could see a sudden jump between 12 to 14 teams in the CFP. And this is your morning buzzcast for Thursday, February 29th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Thanks for listening to the buzzcast. Saudi Arabia's public investment fund continues its expansion into sports and is making a deeper investment in tennis. The PIF and the ATP agreed to a five-year deal that includes naming rights for the ATP rankings. Now, the ATP already had a deal in place that puts the next-gen ATP finals in Jeddah from 2023 through 2027. But this new deal is more of a branding play and a growth play. There will be courtside branding for the PIF at some big ATP events. The ATP and PIF will also work to elevate the long-term future of tennis, whatever that means. And the PIF said it will help the ATP on improving the fan experience and look for growth opportunities across the sport. So more investment, more events, what that is yet to be seen. But this is a very, very interesting development. And it's just the latest effort by the PIF to get involved in tennis, a global sport that fits into their vision. The WTA has been in negotiations to partner with Saudi Arabia about placing its season-ending WTA finals there. Rafael Nadal last month was introduced as an ambassador for the Saudi Tennis Federation. And remember, there were plans already announced for Nadal and Novak Djokovic and other men's tennis players to participate in an exhibition in Riyadh. So there is more and more interest by the Saudis in tennis, and now there is a more formalized agreement with the ATP. Let's move on. It seems like almost every day we have something on the Buzzcast about the Washington Commanders. We had something yesterday about their renovations, and now we have news that FedEx is ending its naming rights deal with the Commanders two years early, two years ahead of its scheduled 2026 expiration. That means the team will be out in the market looking for a new partner. They will not be paid roughly $15 million of the remaining revenue from the deal. FedEx was paying a pretty manageable $7.5 million a year. Of course, this deal was a 27-year deal, so it goes way back. Now, the Washington Post reported that FedEx exercised an opt-out before the end of 2023 that stemmed from the sale of the team to Josh Harris. And so the move reportedly caught the team by surprise. And so now they are out in the marketplace. They are working with Elevate to find a new naming rights partner. So for now, the facility will be called Commander's Field. And we know the team is putting more money into the facility to renovate it as it seeks a new venue and a new location for that new venue. 
So the commanders will have some options on any new deal. They could do a short-term deal while they play in Landover, or they could extend any new deal to a new venue. So some optionality there, but FedEx ending its naming rights deal with the commanders, something it's had since 1999. Staying with football, here's an interesting note that you will likely hear more about. The NFLPA, they do a player survey every year on working conditions at NFL facilities and within NFL organizations. The top five, and there are a number of metrics that get into this, but the top five, the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Packers, the Eagles, and the Jags. So those five teams were voted as having the best working conditions in the NFL. The bottom five, the Steelers the Patriots, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Commanders. The NFLPA gave great accolades to Miami and Minnesota, saying that they are in a league of their own when it comes to working conditions in the NFL. So those are some stats, those are some figures from the NFLPA that I'm sure will resonate in every NFL market. Let's move on. I know we talked about the state of the Winnipeg Jets on the Buzzcast, so let's close the loop a little bit there. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman traveled to Winnipeg on Tuesday, and he was clear in his comments. Winnipeg is a strong NHL market, and ownership is committed to the Jets and the marketplace. Now, we know that the Jets have suffered from pretty soft attendance numbers, and their season ticket base has seen a sharp drop. But Gary Bettman called these natural growing pains of any organization. And the bottom line is that both Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly strongly stated they have no intention of moving on from the city. From Winnipeg to Kansas City, there is so much happening in Kansas City around sports venues right now. It's pretty interesting. You definitely want to keep your eye on that market. We know what the Royals are looking to do around a new, very urban ballpark. And now the Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, they presented their renovation plans for Arrowhead Stadium. And they were quite ambitious and extensive and impressive. I would certainly suggest you check out the renderings. There are new fan zones. There are end zone suites big video boards. Uh, They're going to complete the upper concourse with a connecting bridge. There are a number of other enhancements to Arrowhead Stadium, which is always deemed one of the best facilities in sports. The earliest start to this project would be 2027. The team hopes to complete the project by 2030. The price tag will come in at $800 million. So $300 million would be paid for by the Chiefs. The remainder would come from taxpayers if Jackson County voters decide to fund the projects during an April 2nd ballot measure, which would continue a sales tax that would send equal dollars to the Chiefs and the Royals. So both teams are seeking to benefit from this vote. It's a big story because these would be major facility developments for both the Chiefs and the Royals. That's why you want to keep your eye on on the Kansas City market. 
a couple of other items this morning. You know, we talk about new sports all the time. We talk about new ways to present sports all the time on the Buzzcast. One example, Athletes Unlimited. Well, they're not a new sport, but season three of Athletes Unlimited's pro basketball begins in Dallas, Texas, Thursday night. Here's another new approach to sports, and it comes from Olympic champion Michael Johnson. He is looking to launch a new track league that seeks to be more TV friendly. It seeks to be quicker. It seeks to promote the best athletes. And of course, it seeks to find a new audience for the sport. Now, the league is scheduled for a planned debut in 2025. There aren't a lot of details to his plans. He is collaborating with Winners Alliance to create the league and also help the athletes commercialize their rights and their intellectual property. So Johnson said he is trying to present new formats and new competitions, and the planned launch in 2025 would look to draft off the interest of this summer's Olympics in Paris. So we will have to see if Michael Johnson's idea around a new track league gets any momentum. And finally, we'll end with this. I thought the match on Monday night was pretty entertaining television, and I enjoyed the competition. But let's just say it didn't find much of an audience. SBJ's Austin Carp notes that the ninth version of the match was easily the least watched version of the event. It averaged just over 500,000 viewers across TNT and its other networks. Now, the competition had Rory McIlroy, uh, Max Homa, Rose Zhang, and Lexi Thompson. That was the first mixed PGA Tour LPGA competition. And I thought it was good, but it was the lowest. The previous low was just the last version that had Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. That got over 780,000 viewers. So you see a pretty significant drop. Remember, the match's all-time high was the second event, and that drew 5.7 million viewers. That was Tiger and Peyton taking on Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. That one was fun. But the bottom line, they may have to go back to the drawing board on the match and try to revitalize these numbers because, like I said, Monday night, while entertaining, was easily the least-watched version of the match. And so that is your Morning Buzzcast for Thursday, February 29th, the last day of February in 2024. I'm Abe Madcore. Joe Lemire will bring you the Buzzcast on Friday. I'll be in Boston. Would love to see you. If not, stay healthy, be good to each other. I'll speak to you on Monday. Monday.